Bonjour, friends. It's Dr. Chrissy here. Happy New Year, y'all. I'm so incredibly happy to start off this January 2024 on the right foot with the launch of my very own podcast. I will be your host on this journey to discover your own whole body optimism. If you didn't know this already, I am a double board certified trauma surgeon, and I love the opportunity to get to educate my friends and colleagues on a modern way of taking care of yourself. A way that results in extra energy, mental clarity, like you have never experienced before. Here at Whole Body Optimism, we are more than just an optimistic mindset. My goal is to transform your life by adopting a lifestyle that nourishes not only your mind, because true well-being goes way beyond just positive thinking. I want to thank you for listening in. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, follow, and download this episode. I especially like the option of downloading episodes when I'm listening to the podcast that I'm into, because guess what? You can download them and then you can listen to them whenever you're on the airplane, whenever your phone is in airplane mode. You can just simply turn on and go to your favorite downloaded episodes. So do yourself a favor and download so you can pass the time by on your flight by turning in here and listening to me babble. My clean living wasn't something that I always knew about. It took me a lot of research, coaching, and trial and error to discover what clean living was all about. And whenever I discovered this, I realized that this led me to a life of abundant energy, mental clarity, and freedom to do what I do today. Y'all, I cannot express this enough. I feel so much better, I look better than I ever have before now that I'm living this cleaner life. I had to experience some difficult things in my life that really made me open my eyes to make me see how I was living. Things happened for me to get me to where I am now. Even before I was married, I learned that I had diminished ovarian reserve. And if you aren't familiar with this, this is when your egg supply is running low. I remember my heart dropping the first time that I heard the news from the reproductive endocrinologist about my egg reserve. Later when my husband and I went through the journey of infertility, doing IVF and all these other things, my mind, body, and soul were really shaken through this. I realized that the way I thought I was living was not the best for me. I needed to get an alignment with how my best self was going to show up. I made these changes and voila, here you see it. Now, I'm by no means perfect, but I do think that I am feeling the best I have ever felt in my entire life. I have acquired a lot of knowledge, took action, made some changes, and now I wake up every morning with such gratitude that I get to live in this body each and every day, whatever this day gives me. Wow, now, isn't that something you want? Well, I hope so. If you're a healthcare worker, I would venture to say that this version of you is what your patients want. This is what your support staff wants whenever you show up to work day in and day out. This is what the students and the trainees want whenever you're around them. And this is what your family wants when you come home. They want this best version of you. So come along with me on this journey as I help you transform your current daily habit routines to discover a new clean you. I want to set the framework of how my podcast is going to be running. 
Every month during the first week, I will be posting an episode that goes through the science of clean living, whether it be clean eating, clean living, fitness, sleep, etc. I love science and I especially love a good article when smarter people than me have dialed a formula that helps take opinions and scientific inquiry to concrete evidence. Just as we change our clinical practices based on evidence-based guidelines, we can use these scientific articles to point us in the right direction of clean living. I'm here to help pick through the weeds of these articles and highlight the important take-home points. Essentially, I will break the science jargon for you and make it easy to understand and apply to your everyday life. Now, doesn't that sound better than a boring journal club where we review line-by-line statistic graphs and odds ratios? Well, some of you might like that, but anyway, to give you a little background on me, before going to medical school, I received my master's degree at Tulane in neuroscience. Since I am a lover of learning, I really love learning about how our nervous system is impacted by the things that we encounter in life. How our nervous system can respond, adapt, and change to things that we are surrounded by. Now, as a surgeon, and most surgeons out there listening know this, we like the gut. It's the first thing we ask our patients when we go in to see them. Did you pass gas today? Did you poop? No, seriously, we get excited about these things. I think this is why I was so drawn to this first article. It really dives deep into looking at the gut and the brain, aka the nervous system, and how they are tightly connected. This article really helps to understand why making clean eating is so very important and that what the gut sees will really impact how your nervous system functions, aka your brain function. Now that's some strong stuff. So let's dig right in. The name of the article that I'm gonna to talk to you about is called Signaling Inflammation Across the Gut-Brain Axis. This was published in November of 2021 in the journal called Science. Now, let me tell you about Science. Science is a major, well-respected journal. In the scientific community, we use this thing called the impact factor, and the higher this impact factor is, the higher regarded this journal is. Well, usually the majority of journals that I read are, you know, around the six, all kind of under 10, but the science journal is actually impact factor of 64. Yes, 64. So this means that this article is really well written and has some solid information. And it's a big deal if a scientist gets something published in this journal. At the stage for what we're gonna talk about in this article, I want you to be aware that the brain and the GI tract are critical sensory organs. They are sensors, okay? They are responsible for detecting signals in the internal and external environment. They then act to relay, integrate, and respond in a downstream effect. I want you to think of the internal and external environments here. So this means what you're gonna put in your body. So, AKA your intestinal tract, what you're gonna eat, and then the external environment, like anything outside your body. The GI and the central nervous system are always on alert for these external environmental factors and these internal cues. Essentially, if you have a noxious stimuli, let's say in your gut, your central nervous system and your gut will formulate a response to this. 
Now it could be local, meaning in the direct vicinity, and it could be systemically, meaning the, the other organs in your body and tissue that may not be even close to this noxious stimuli that it's responding to. At the interface of the sensory function, there are immune cells in the intestines and the brain that are constantly surveying these environmental factors. Just think about them like little antennas receiving information and processing that information for the rest of the body. They are then eliciting responses that inform the physiologic state of the body. There is a crosstalk that happens between the gut and the brain, and this term a lot of scientists are using and a lot of people, you will hear it now and there again and in even the media is called the gut-brain axis. The gut-brain axis is used to describe how this crosstalk between the gut and the brain happens. And it's not a one-way street. The gut sends signals to the brain and the brain sends signals to the gut. That's why whenever you see something gross or disgusting, you may say to yourself, this makes me stick to my stomach. Well, that's what it's talking about. Well, this article talks about how the gut-brain axis functions on a cellular level during steady state and during inflammation, during that noxious stimuli. So let's talk about the bowel wall cellular biology for a second, very simply, okay? So there are three layers that help the bowel protect us from getting exposed to toxins that we ingest. The first layer is mucus. Second layer is these monocellular layer of enterocytes. The third layer is the gut vascular barrier. The immune cells that are in the gut are also casually surveying this inner luminal environment of what's passing by. I mean, how nice of them, right? Now, even deeper is the blood-brain barrier that acts to filter molecules passing on to the central nervous system. And thank goodness that there's all these layers because if everything just passed right through, we'd be in real trouble, especially if you have a splurge meal, if you know what I mean. So let's hone on on the nervous system here, okay? There is a network of neurons that line the nervous system and send signals to the brain when activated from what is passing by in the gut. You mean, you know, intraluminally. For instance, you can have an inflammatory meal or a luminal infection from a bacteria or a disruption of the gut flora called dysbiosis. This will cause a downstream pro-inflammatory cytokine storm and these cytokines are then released in the body. These cytokines wreak havoc because they cause compromise in this gut vascular barrier, and they also cause compromise in the blood-brain barrier. This will lead to what we can commonly refer to and see as leaky gut. Now let's think of that. The gut gets leaky, the blood-brain barrier integrity gets weak, and there becomes a gateway to essentially have toxins and pathogens to reach the brain and activate neuroinflammation. Whoa, now that's pretty major, right? The gut-brain impact has been studied extensively in patients with food poisoning and how a noxious stimuli from food poisoning really impacts the gut and the brain. The bacteria that's found in this food poisoning has a little tricky bacterial wall weapon 
called the LPS. And this causes neuronal cell death, cognitive impairment, and this cytokine-mediated sickness behavior. These symptoms cause a downstream reaction, such as decreased motility, which you may feel as bloating, nauseated, decreased appetite, just to name a few. If you've ever had a stomach bug or food poisoning, you know that you probably don't have an appetite for anything. Well, interestingly, this LPS, that tricky little bacteria wall weapon, it also causes social withdrawal, affecting your central nervous system again. Well, maybe that's not such a bad thing if you have social withdrawal whenever you're running back and forth to the bathroom, right? Now, the nervous system is really picky, and as it should be. And in order for the neurons to function correctly, they need a strong blood-brain barrier to protect them. Certain dietary factors like short-chain fatty acids are essential in the blood-brain barrier function. Also, short-chain fatty acids are important in producing certain hormones that are directly involved in postprandial society and emotional stages surrounding eating food. Now, we won't get into this in detail here, but this has been studied significantly and found to be dysregulated in inflammatory-associated diabetes and the disease of obesity. Let's switch gears to stress. We can probably all think of a time when we were stress eating, or on the flip side, when you were so stressed you couldn't eat. Well, the stress reaction and your gut are connected. Hello, let's talk about it. You may remember studying the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, or commonly referred to as the HPA axis. When stress triggers the HPA axis, glucocorticoids are released. This causes a stress-induced dysregulation of gut flora and in turn triggers intestinal inflammation. The HPA axis is also impacted by the gut-brain axis. Yes, the other axis we talked about earlier. Any kind of gut disruption will not only impact the gut-brain axis, but it will also affect the HPA axis as well. The Western diet really with high saturated fat, sugar, these things in particular alter the expression of these intestinal barrier markers, increasing activation of the HPA axis inflammation. And what it does is it triggers central resistance to an appetite regulating hormone called leptin. You may remember learning about leptin, but leptin resistance causes you to feel hungry and to eat more though your body has enough fat stores. You may also be familiar with leptin and how it's extensively studied in the obesity medicine literature. But not only does it cause leptin resistance, the HPA axis activation, AKA this stress response, actually promotes anxiety-like behaviors. So essentially, saturated fat and sugar you eat it, it causes gut inflammation, it makes you hungry, and gives you anxiety. Holy moly, this should be just only a few reasons to stay away from saturated fat and sugar, right? Let's talk about some more inflammation. How do you think inflammation shows up in our lives? 
When you think about inflammation, what do you think of? How does it make you feel when you think about, I am feeling inflamed right now? The emotional or sensation that probably comes to mind is pain, right? Pain sensation is one of the cardinal ways that inflammation shows up in our lives. These signals are detected by certain nerve pathways from the gut to the spinal cord to the brain. They activate the sensation of pain. What I found very interesting was that they can also impact the emotional component of a painful signal. So not only do you feel the pain from this signal, but your emotions are also activated as well. So essentially, you eat something that inflames your gut, aka sugar and saturated fat, your gut gets leaky, your brain gets all these inflammatory markers, aka cytokines, then you feel pain, and now you're getting emotional too. Well, I know what I'm blaming next time that I catch myself crying, but let's talk about inflammation-associated diseases. Several neurological conditions have found to have comorbid intestinal inflammation in serology that reflects elevated pro-inflammatory markers. These diseases are, but are not limited to, cognitive decline, autism spectrum disorder, and neurobehavioral symptoms of obesity. Interestingly, age-related cognitive decline is associated with chronic low-grade enteric and correlating central inflammatory states. In stroke patients, they mentioned that when the gut bacteria is disrupted, this immune cascade further aggravates the brain to cause more neuroinflammation in this already stroked out ischemic brain tissue. So poor gut health causes more morbidity to a brain that's already suffered a stroke. Wowzers. So in summary, I want to tell you that what I've discovered over reading a lot of these journals, and especially this one, there is a clear two-way communication of inflammatory signals through the gut-brain axis. This communication is important in the inflammation-associated diseases by regulating physiologic behaviors and as well as explaining some of the pathology behind them. Also, there is a component of the HPA axis that is activated and further potentiates interactions with the gut-brain axis. The gut bacteria has emerged as a key regulator of immune cells in the gut-brain axis and dysbiosis, remember that dysregulation of the gut bacteria, which has been associated with several inflammatory associated diseases such as aging, stress, anxiety, and even depression. Deciphering mechanisms for inflammatory signaling along the gut-brain axis is critical for our understanding of some of the pathology and potential therapies for GI and neurologic diseases. Wouldn't that be something if we could really use our gut to our advantage to cure some of these complex neurologic illnesses? Or if caring for our gut flora was pivotal in actually controlling how we felt our own happiness. There are over a hundred articles that talk about data suggesting anti-inflammatory diets, meaning what your gut gets and sees and surveys with these little antennas 
can really impact how your brain works. I truly believe there is a huge interplay here. Studies show that dietary patterns have been predictors of risk of depressive symptoms. It has been studied in anxiety and postpartum depression. And these studies aren't brand new. They have been out for quite some time and over the last 10 years or so. There are loads of inflammation studies out there that ties diet to inflammatory states of the body. More and more of these articles are coming out. And as more and more people see the research that's been published about how your gut can impact your whole body, I know more and more people will want to change the way they eat. I know more signs will point to the negative impact of our current American standard diet on our health. But this is good, right? Because we can really make a difference. We can change this immune response by making cleaner choices. That's pretty empowering, right? With some final recommendations, I want to tell you about this article. I hope you took away from this episode some solid evidence of science to convince you that your gut health is important. Key factors I want to encourage you is that you can choose non-inflammatory foods. A good way to do this, especially when you're starting off at the beginning, is to read the ingredients and choose simple ingredients. I can make this easier for you. To make this easier for you, I have included a link to the top 20 clean pantry swaps that you can start today. Check out in the podcast notes for your free guide. Your gut health is so important. When you want to have a clear brain, less brain fog, and more laser-focused attention to deal with the things that are important in your life, I really hope you found that these science-based recommendations were helpful. I'm so excited that you're here to join me on this journey to a happier, healthier, and more optimistic you. If you've ever wondered if clean eating is hard to do, I'm here to tell you that it's way harder to DIY it all alone. It's much easier to be surrounded by like-minded people and have me lead you in the right direction. If clean living is something that you would like to do and you aren't experiencing at this present moment, follow my journey and let me show you how. Click the link in the podcast notes for more info. We'd much appreciate if you clicked follow, download this episode, and subscribe to my channel so you cannot miss any one of my episodes to hear me babble some more. See you next time.